New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us this morning. My name is Carlos Tapaz, and I have the privilege of serving as the business administrator here at New Vision, and we find ourselves at Easter week. I hope to read two passages of scripture this morning. The first is found in the book of Mark and the second in the book of Isaiah. I'll be reading from the ESV Bible. If you'd like to join me, open up to Mark chapter 11. I will be reading verses 12 through 19. Mark chapter 11, verse 12 says this. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And they came to Jerusalem, and he entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called the house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, and were seeking a way to destroy him, for they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. A very sobering section of scripture here. And as we turn our attention to the Old Testament, I'll be reading from Isaiah chapter 56. Be reading verses 1 through 8. Isaiah 56 verse 1 says this. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who holds it fast who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Let not the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely separate me from his people. And let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called the house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. What encouraging covenant language we find in Isaiah. And as we compare the two readings, no doubt we see the difference in tone conveyed. As we look back at the book of Mark, the cursing of the tree of the fig tree is perhaps one of the most difficult stories in the Gospels per some commentators. 
See, in it, we see a representation of a destructive use of supernatural power. A destructive use of supernatural power? It's hardly a concept we associate with Easter, but nonetheless, Mark guides us down this road as he tells the story of the cross. See, here we see Jesus expecting figs at a time with, when figs weren't in season and still holds the tree full of blame for not having figs. See, I think what we're going to find in this section of Mark is that there is a true reality of judgment, a true reality of God's judgment. There are possible explanations given, and I think we can take refuge in the way that Mark tells, wrote the Gospels, tells his stories. See, each of the Gospel writers had a way of, of telling stories and, and writing what they heard and saw. And Mark's manner simply tells the story without comment. He faithfully reported what he received and tells stories as they happened, plain and simple. So I think then that we're justified in taking the story as it stands. And as we see it through the strands of history, we see this as a stark and destructive warning of what was to happen in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. But it's interesting how the story then just quickly pivots to the temple story, but then the fig tree story is picked up back in verse 20. And we see here that Jesus is extolling prayer as the highest sign of a faith commitment, true discipleship, if you will. See, true disciples pray. It's a sign of our faith commitment. And every commitment comes with risk. We see this when we first evaluated the cross and, and was given a choice to follow or not follow. And there are those that not follow and end up in destruction. Every commitment has a risk, but, but true disciples, true discipleship is marked by prayer. But interestingly, as we go back to the story of the temple, this is a very heavy passage. Following the story of an acted parable of the fig tree, now we see an acted parable of God's judgment. See, Jesus' problem was not the support system for providing sacrificial creatures, you know, the lambs and the pigeons, or even for foreign Jews to, leave the, to have the ability to change their money to have local coinage for the temple tax. No. See, when we compare Isaiah 56 verse 7, to what's going on here, we see that the issue is that the place intended for people of all nations to pray and worship was now being misused by God's people for trade and profit. And Mark spares no language in describing this for us. He uses very strong language. In fact, there's language that points us back to Jeremiah when it talks about the den of robbers. See, Jesus is angry. Jesus is abundantly angry, and it's clear. But interestingly, the way Mark puts the story, so are the chief priests and scribes. They are also abundantly angry. So what is Mark doing here? We see that Mark is making it very clear. The battle lines are now clearly drawn. Jesus just came to Jerusalem and the battle lines are now drawn and the road to the crucifixion and the ultimate resurrection is clearly paved, our road to victory. It's a reality of judgment. See, most of us by nature prefer the brighter side of the gospel. After all, it is good news. But good news is only good news because it saves us from bad news. And this section clearly reminds us that humanity can find itself in the wrong side of God's grace. 
that side which rejects it and ultimately is destroyed. There are eternal consequences. Where are you this morning? Where are you on the spectrum? Which side of the coin are you on? See, the world around us wants us to play fast and loose with the truth. But doing so only brings danger and destruction. In our Christian lives, even, we're tempted to, to settle for less, to, to seek what we want instead of what truth tells us. We're consumer-driven at times, and, and, and we should always be truth-driven. There's a reality of judgment. How about those that don't know Jesus, those that aren't sure of their eternal state? Where am I going to go when I die? See, here in Mark's story, the scribes and the chief priests, they had every opportunity still to turn back from their course of adamant opposition to Jesus. But sadly, we see that going forward for them only made it increasingly difficult for them to do so. What about you? Believer, when God is tugging at your heart about something to do or to not do something, the voice of the Holy Spirit, and you reject it and, and turn back and resist, and believer or non-believer, if God is calling you to, to follow Jesus and you reject it, this only makes it increasingly difficult for you to accept him. Let us be those that is mentioned in Isaiah 56. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. Thanks again for listening, and I invite you back tomorrow for our next podcast, and have a great Easter. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.